Welcome, Scotia. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic today. It's wonderful to have a Canadian on. So tell everybody where you're from. Oh, gosh. I am from the Sunshine Coast in British Columbia. And there is no way to get to where I am except by ferry. But we are not an island. So we have T-shirts that say not an island. Because people think because they're taking a ferry, they're, they're going to an island. But it's, uh, we just don't have any highways going up through the mainland of BC. So that's an interesting fact. Factoid. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Actually, why don't you share the factoid you just told me about? Oh, the zip codes. Okay. So everything in Canada, the postal code. Yeah. Cause we don't have zip codes. We have postal codes. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, it goes letter, number, letter, and then number, letter, number. So V seven Z or Z up here in Canada, and then zero S three is how things they go. That's awesome. I love learning something new. It's much easier in the States. <laughs> Five digits. <laughs> Followed by four sometimes. Four more, yeah. Depending exactly. upon where you are, who you are, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I learned that we we can our memories work on like chunks. I'm reading a book called Remember by Lisa Genova, and she says that's the reason why we can remember things. Because phone numbers are in little chunks. But if we tried to remember the whole thing, we wouldn't be able to remember, like, you know, what do we got? Seven, what is it? Three and four and four. So, no. Yeah. Three, three, and four. Yes. Right. So if we tried to remember 10 numbers, we couldn't. But if we remember them in chunks, we can. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. I love learning something new. See, that's two things you've already taught me. <laughs> I always learn something new at Toastmasters. Oh my God. And where are you? Where are you located? I'm in Braintree, Massachusetts. Ah. Just south of Boston. Braintree is the birthplace of two US presidents and the father of West Point. And I'm not going to go oh, any further. A little controversy yeah. with our neighbors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Braintree was a much larger town back in those days. And it's actually the word brain. Brain. Brain, like B-R-A-I-N. Yep. We're a compound okay. word, brain and tree. And that's why the presidents came from there. <laughs> Their brains. I love it. Thank you. You just made my day. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been to Boston and a few other places around there. So no, never brain tree. That's okay. That's okay. But I have done the little duckmobile ride around Boston, which is very cool. So oh, the duck boat tours, those yeah. are fun. It's been a long them. time since I've done one. It's on my little mini bucket list. Like someday I'll go back and do one. Now you got to go to Seattle and do it. <laughs> oh, I realize Seattle has duck boat tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's uh, switch gears and uh, talk a little bit about Toastmasters. Tell us. When you joined, why you joined, if you remember, and how you found Toastmasters, if you remember, because it's been a while. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I joined in 98. So now I'm really going to date myself. Um, I had meaning to do, you know, I've been meaning to do it for years and years. And it came up in the little local newspaper every week, you know, Westchester Toastmasters. And so finally, my friend and I got enough courage to go and do it. And the reason I did that is because when I was trying to present to a group of reps, sales reps, and there was only maybe five or six of them, and I would say two sentences, and then I'd turn it over to my coworker and go, you talk. <laughs> and I thought, this is not, this is not working here. 
I'm, I've got to do something. So, so I did. And now, yeah, I could probably talk to 500 people and it wouldn't really bother me too much. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Two sentences handed over. Yeah, I did. I literally did. I just, you, yours, take it away. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. Oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about your Toastmasters journey. I know you've got some accomplishments that you shared with me. Yeah, well, I I moved from uh, Pennsylvania and then I joined two clubs in Arizona, which was a great way to meet people um, because I didn't know anybody in Arizona. And from there, I moved to back to Washington State and I joined a club there in 2001 and I've been a member there and finally got my distinguished Toastmaster um, back in 2020. And we actually had five people in our club get DTM in that year. So that that's a pretty big accomplishment for a little club. And um, yeah, and now I'm working on my pathways. So I've got three pathways done. And um, yeah, and I did a, yeah, I even created a quick step guide for people that want to put on officer training. So that was one of my, my projects for a pathway. So I got a couple of things that came up. Okay. Bing, bing. <laughs> Five members of your club. So is it because the legacy program was ending? Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, five of you were like, we're so close. We're just going to do it. Oh, I know. Yeah. You get, you get to the point where you've done all these things. You've become, you've become an area director or, you know, whatever. And you've done that and you've done this and you've done that, but then you just haven't put it all together and completed it. So. So have you been an area director? Um, I was an assistant area director, but I also mentored a club so that they had that in 2020, they had a little special dispensation. I will say that if you mentored a club, that would also count towards your, your DTM. So that was good because for me traveling, if you work and travel, it's very, very hard to be there to be an area director. So luckily for me, I don't travel very far for work. <laughs> <laughs> I was traveling every close week. to my job almost anywhere, but there's parts of it that I need to be physically there. Ah, oh, that sounds like yeah. a cool job then. Understand. All right, so let's tell. I want to learn since you've been in Toastmasters since 1998. What is your favorite role? Oh, favorite role. Oh gosh. I have, I guess I have a few. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm never good at that limiting to your favorite movie or favorite this or favorite that. So do you have a top two? Yeah, I really, I like to be a grammarian um, because I really do appreciate good usage of the English language. And so when some of our members, you know, just do something that blows me out of the water, I'm always excited. I'm not much of the um and awe. Ah, um, but when you listen, I have attended like the Schilling Toastmasters in the UK. Absolutely amazing use of English language. If you ever want to just be uplifted, <laughs> go to the Schilling Toastmasters. They are, they're just fantastic. And what's your favorite role? Second role. Um, gosh, I, I like speaking, but I really like being the Toastmaster and hosting the whole thing from beginning to end and greeting guests. and. Um, trying to make sure that that meeting just goes as fantastic as it can 
can be. And ending on time, boom. And people are just blown away. They're like, oh my God, you guys followed the thing and you you ended on time. And guests are just, yeah, they're just amazed at that, that we can do it. Awesome. I love it. So tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what the grammarian does and what the Toastmaster does. Well, in our club, the grammarian is not just a grammarian. They are the awe counter, which is like a lot of clubs. They're also the word master who provides the scintillating word of the day and tries to get a word that people will actually be able to use. I've seen people provide words that you're like, I can't use that in a sentence. So, and then I just, as a grammarian, you just watch from the very beginning of people talking right through until it's time for you to give you a report. So you report ums, ahs, ers, so-sos, and brilliant usage and poor usage, like I seen it. One of my unfavorites, I seen it. Oh, and my other favorite in the States, my other favorite in the States is badminton. Badminton? It's badminton. 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 See, I know my my sports. A lot of people in the states say badminton, and I'm like, there's no badminton in this place. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing people's like ugh words. The nails on the chalkboard. (laughs) Absolutely, nail on the head. See how I did that? Yeah, I'm sure you've got one. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So now that we know your favorite roles, what are your most challenging roles or your number one most challenging role? Oh, gosh, being the timer. My all-time, all-time worst job. I, I am terrible at it. I suck at it. I get so caught up in people's speeches. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shoot. Unfortunately, I, I have this instinctive um, thing on what five to seven minutes is because I think every Toastmaster after a while knows how long five to seven minutes is. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was five. Okay, now onto the, yeah, push that button, push the green, push the yellow, push the red. But yeah, no, I'm a terrible, terrible timer. (laughs) But I'm a good bluffer. (laughs) Really? Yes. Now we all know your secret. Yeah, yeah. People in your club hear this interview. (laughs) No, hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, no, we have, I have one, we have one person in our club who actually kind of, he just is, he likes to time things. So I'm sure he's probably going, what is she doing? <laughs> that wasn't five minutes. So how many clubs are you in right now? Um, right now, I'm just in a club down in Washington, even though I'm in Canada. Um, there are three gl- three clubs up in my area, but I was president last year. So in my club in Washington, and that was that was enough because I pretty well ended up doing quite a few roles because we had some MIA, MIA officers due to various reasons. So I, I really kind of was doing about four roles and that was enough. Well, why don't we give your club a shout out? Tell us the name of your club, all that jazz, where, where and when you guys meet. It's Everett Pace Setters and they are actually located in Everett, Washington, which makes it really easy. And normally they meet from 7 to 8.30 on Thursdays. And um, sometimes if we're having a hybrid meeting, we'll meet at the library and that'll be like from 6 until 7.30. So we're, everybody I think is in a state of flux right now. 
um, trying to, you know, we can't get our regular place right now because it's at a retirement home. So we can't meet there. So we're just meeting wherever we can. Awesome. And so Thursday evenings? Mm-hmm. Hi. And Pacific uh, Coast time. <laughs> PSD. Oh, trust me, I've got it all. I've got the minus GMT thing and everything on our our website because you know you get people internationally now. Absolutely. And I still don't understand GMT, but that's okay because I learned it's not a zip code, it's a postal code in Canada. <laughs> that's the most important lesson of the day. Well, what what confuses me is at certain times of the year we're minus eight hours behind and then other times we're minus seven hours. I'm like, I don't get that. So but I just deal with it. But it is a great thing that you can visit any club anywhere around the world right now with the Zoom. And I've done it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I hate to say it, but I didn't leave the United States. I haven't even visited a club in Canada yet. Uh, I, up on the again. I, I know a few Toastmasters who visited clubs outside the U.S., but I was not one of them. No, I've done Kathmandu, Peru. England, India, Johannesburg. Yeah, I just, it's so much fun. So I encourage everybody to do it. <laughs> My word. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> I'm already blown. My mind's already blown. I feel like I'm missing out. Uh, I, I love my, I love my local toasties and the people I meet and become friends with. And oh, I yeah. feel like I make a new friend in almost every interview here for my podcast. So I love it. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about who's Scoshi. Who is Scoshi? Oh gosh. Um, let's see. Most of my adult life, I've been a motorcycle enthusiast and also worked in the industry for 30 years. So that's my my background, shall we say? Um, that's not my defining thing. But me, I, I like to volunteer. I like to get involved. I like to do things with the Loon Foundation, um, road cleanup, beach cleanup. Um, I like pickleball. I just, I love hiking. I just love having fun and I'm really enjoying it. I did start my own company when I moved back to Canada, but I've been having so much fun that I'm not really paying a lot of attention to it. So. I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit about it, but I don't know if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I thought long and hard, like when I, when I left, you know, um, when I got laid off in 2020 with budget cuts and I thought, oh, so do I just go find another job or, you know, what do I do? And I thought, no, this is a good time to, you know, carve out a new, new destiny. So I just thought, you know, what am I good at? What are my strengths? And besides the motorcycle industry and that, and, uh, I'm really good at organizing and coordinating. So that's what my business is about is, is helping you go from mess to success. If you don't, don't have a spreadsheet for traveling or for grocery lists or for anything, I am the spreadsheet queen of, <laughs> and I love to, you know, organize that way and help people with their lives that way. What's the name of your business and how can people find you? Uh, it's Nutshell Solutions, like solutions in a nutshell in Canada. And it's just nutshellsolutions.ca. So it's really easy. Yeah, I, so are you an organizer, basically? Yeah. 
that's my that's my strength. I will I will take your chaos and <laughs> make it into something that you can go, oh my gosh. Well, that sounds like a really, really smart industry <laughs> to go into if you're good at it. Most people, yeah, their minds get overwhelmed with chaos and I mean, even their closets. I, I tried this this year. I I read that if you turn all your clothes around in your closet, you know, and then in June, turn them, see what, see where it doesn't turn back and then get rid of that. And I did in June and now I'm going to get rid of more in December because there was a few that I still had trouble parting with. So, but I don't I need them. Understand. I, I usually do that, but sometimes it depends on what's been going on like in the year, like in 2020, I didn't wear much work-related clothes. Mm-hmm. I didn't go anywhere half the year. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not getting rid of anything. I want to see next year and the year after. So yeah, I actually still not dressed year. up, right? <laughs> I purged some summer dresses this year. We're a little more, more conservative in our company than I normally am in real life. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother keeping the dresses that I can't wear to work. I've kept a couple that not as conservative, but whatever. So. Yeah. More than three, four summers. I'm not upset. Uh, oh no, I know. I'm a big fan of Marie Kondo. She's uh I don't know if you've read any of her stuff, but yeah, she tells you to take everything in your entire closet, your coat closet, everything, and just pile it in a heap. And then you'll see how many t-shirts you have and how many jackets and how many pants, and you'll go, oh my God. It is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing like three or four dresses this summer and three or four pairs of shorts and like eight or nine tank tops. That's it. Let's see how I do. Mm-hmm. If I miss any, I mean, there's a few that I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of them right now, but just yeah. keep it simple. I know. <laughs> it's like it's how we pack. Clothes that I have. And then eventually I'm, I'll be like, I, I'm not going to miss those. That's kind of how I always doing. say, yeah, put it, put stuff away and then see if you miss it after six months, whether it's a little souvenir or whatever, tchotchke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. So let's talk about your passions. You, um, I want to start with a very interesting one. This one caught my eye a little bit more than the others. It's <laughs> a little different. So one of the passions you mentioned or something you want to talk about is um, how a simple investment in time and dollars can change lives. Well, to me, Toastmasters is about the the best bang for your buck you can get because it's only once a week for most places, sometimes only every two weeks. It doesn't cost a lot. You even get a Toastmaster magazine. Um, you get the gift of friendship. I've got lifelong friends from Toastmasters. Um And it's not just learning about how to get over your fear of speaking in front of people. It's also about, I learned so much more. Like when I I mentored a club and you have your, oh, this is how our club runs. Well, let's just transfer that over. You can't, you have to assimilate and fit in with that club's culture. And so by being a mentor, I also learned myself you know, how to work with people. So you learn leadership abilities. Um, You learn, we have one guy who is, I would say he would be like a good world negotiator. He just presents things in such an even way that you're like, 
oh, I just want to do whatever he suggests because he's putting it in such a nice way that, you know, he's not confrontational at all. He's not pushy. He's not, you know, and I have to rein back because I, I tend to, you know, push. Um, so that's been some of the things that I've learned in Toastmasters and learned how to try and be funny because I'm not funny. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, that's one of the things, engaging humor. There's another one that you learn or how to do different kinds of presentations in PowerPoint. It just, it stretches you out of your comfort zone. And uh, that's what I like about Toastmasters is it in a nice way, <laughs> it pushes you. <laughs> like pushing the bird out of the nest you know <laughs> fly fly it's interesting you mentioned um the humor because chokes are not my thing really so when I first joined I was like okay the year starts in July so I think one of the role the first roles I'll do in the year the new Toastmasters year is joke master so July or August I almost always in joke master in July or August okay all right it's not my favorite role by any stretch of the imagination. So I kind of like to just do it then. And that's my time. Ah, you get it over with. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like table topics. I am not, I usually hardly ever win at table topics. I'm, um, I'm not off the cuff that way. I, mm -hmm. I struggle with that. So that's why I like it because it pushes me again. Um, out of my comfort zone so nice yeah well let's um let's diverge for a moment mm -hmm. and I'm going to flip the tables and let you ask Angela almost anything so sure a little <laughs> table topics action now you, <laughs> you it. all right I'll start first like where do you live and I know where you live but tell everybody where you live and what got you into Toastmaster and what got you into doing this? Awesome. Thank you. So I live in Braintree, Massachusetts, birthplace of, did I mention all this already? Birthplace of two presidents, the father of West Point. I'll just keep saying that till I'm blue in the face. What got me into Toastmasters is my friend, Emily. I met her at a networking event and she became my coach at the time, my life coach. And she's like, you should check this out. And I did and I enjoyed it. So I joined. And then I left and I promised myself I'd rejoin again. So I did in February of 2016. And as they say, the rest is history. I've done several leadership roles, completed a DTM, a bunch of different things, area director. And what, how this podcast came about is Pathways. When I started my path, I said, okay, let me go see what the electives are in like levels three and four and see if any of them can be applied to my work. Well, I came up with four or five of them and the podcast wasn't really part of a work plan necessarily, but it evolved because my father told me that my cousin, who's my godson, has a podcast company. And I knew he was a podcast host. I just didn't realize he started a company. So I hit him up and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, yeah, I can help you. That would be cool. So one of the reasons I did the podcast is to um, be able to hang out and communicate and have a reason to talk to my cousin because <laughs> he's a little bit younger than me uh, I was 16 and a half when he was born so we're almost 17 years apart and so he's a little bit younger and he's out of state he he's left the nest he's local he's still in the New England the greater New England area on the upper east coast but um you know, he's a 
four or five hour drive, which I don't drive four or five hours. <laughs> I'm an hour, hour and a half, but maybe two hours, but four is just too much for me. So he comes home. And so I only see him a few times a year. So it's a great way for us to communicate and for me to, us to stay in touch. And then the other reason I did it is because I had originally wanted to write a blog, but I prefer talking to people. And I was thinking this would be so much more fun. And it is. I'm getting to meet new Toastmasters from all over. There's some I know, most I don't at this point. But it's just a great way to learn about other Toastmasters clubs, other Toastmasters in general. I learn something new every time. We might have something in common or you might have something in common with someone I know. So you just, it's all about like expanding the network and bringing the, making the universe a tiny bit smaller. Oh gosh. And that's, uh, that's what I think Zoom and other platforms have, have done for us for sure. Um, we, we definitely can. And when did you say you started Toastmasters the first time? I don't remember the exact year. But it was two, it was like three or four years in between, I want to say. Okay. Maybe more. I don't know. I can't remember which year it was originally. But I rejoined in 2016. So I think it was around 11 or 12, but I'm not sure. One of my members had joined, a couple of the members of my club had joined within the year or two before me. So they kind of, if I figure out when they joined, then I can figure out when I joined. And both times were you part of the same club? Yes. Ah, so I've so been with Network Voice Toastmasters off and on for the last six years. Um, more on than off. I've been a dual member a little bit, but for the most part, I just do one club and whatnot. So I always came back to Network Voice and I told them recently, I'm like, you're never getting rid of me now. You just <laughs> make sure I renew every six months and I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. Stayed out for a bit here and there, but you know where to reach me and how to reach me. <laughs> I know it's hard because yeah, if you when you move and you you leave that club, well, you don't have to anymore right. because of the hybrids. But um, which case in point, me being in uh, Canada and then you know the club being in Washington. So um, we have a, a girl that belonged to from the bar, from Barbados, not the Barbados, um, who just won. She won area. So yeah, here's somebody from. Barbados representing club in Washington and, and going up to the thing. So it's definitely a global world that way. And I, I love it. Absolutely. Well, so one of the I, things we wanted to talk about was the challenges of keeping clubs alive over the past two years, which I presume the past two years is referencing this thing called COVID. Yeah. Because you talked Crazy about this thing called COVID. <laughs> this thing called COVID. <laughs> I think we need a song, Crazy Little Thing. <laughs> yes. You're yeah. on something. <laughs> okay. All those writers out there. I know. It's like our COVID mascot. I don't know if you know who the COVID mascot is. I do not. Ah, well, it's a raccoon because he's always washing his hands and he's got a little mask on. And if you jum jumble the words up, you get Corona. <laughs> now she's going to be like writing it out. <laughs> I am. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you oh, don't get Corona. Oh my gosh, she's right. <laughs> I just wrote out raccoon and then went C O R O L. Oh my gosh, she's right. on the end and was like, she is so right. <laughs> I wasn't questioning you, it was just a matter of curiosity. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, 
what challenges do you want to talk about? Let's just have a nice open conversation about it and see if we can solve some real problems. Yeah, well, I think um, the first year of COVID, people were like, okay, Zoom, this is cool, you know. And then by about the second year, people are like, they were just getting disengaged. They were Zoomed out. And, you know, I really, really struggled to, you know, get people to the meetings. So we started um, having uh, guest speakers, you know, uh, to do presentations, people who were, you know, pretty high up in Toastmasters who really know how to do evaluations or knew how to do uh, improv. Um, we had Rebecca Murray, who is an amazing presenter, and she did um, the whole thing about improv. Um, and then we had Kyle Hall, who talked about mind mapping and doing a speech with mind mapping. And then we had um, Omar Rivas, who did all about how to do way more <laughs> high level evaluations. I don't even I shouldn't even call it high level because one of his things, he has little emojis on his sheet. And one of them is called your stripper walk. And I was like, okay, stripper walk. And that was like, how are you prepared? Like, you know, when you're ready, <laughs> stripper walk, you're ready. You got your walk, you got the talk, you got the outfit. And he wanted to know, were you ready? You know, had you prepared for your speech? Were you dressed for it? Were you ready to give it? And then he had another word called um, truth. Truth. And that was, was your face telling the truth did your face match what you were saying it's called fruit and so he has he has a, a sheet which I could send to you but it's yeah and so it was a, a good way to engage people um I literally I don't know if your club uses free toast toast um but I looked and I I found all our former members are listed on there your guests all your guests are on there so I just started reaching out. Hey, do you want to come back to our club? And I got three people in the end of June, just before the deadline to get the number of people we needed um, to join. And I, we, cause we had everything, we had all the points, but we didn't have that base number. And so we ended up with two over the base number by, by doing that. So um, I think and we advertised on, I don't know if you have Starburst in your area. It's our, it's our local newsletter, for lack of a better word, that goes out every week to anybody who wants to be part of it. Um, so we advertised in there. We advertised on Eventbrite. We advertised on um, Toastmaster International Facebook. Sometimes if you need a speaker or, you know, anything, you can reach out to the Facebook, hmm. the Toastmaster International Facebook. and. People usually volunteer. There's always somebody that wants to do something, um, help out the club, whether it's judging a contest, being a, a test speaker. Um, so I think um, COVID has made us dig deeper to try and figure out ways around the Zoom. Uh, we've had a murder mystery. Um, so that was fun. And yeah, you, you just have to find ways to make it fun for the club and members and rather than yeah we have backwards meetings which i love one of my favorites <laughs> probably one of the unfavorites of all the other members but i love it because you have to evaluate speeches before you hear them um you have to decide who the winners are before you know who the winners are you have to close the meeting and then you open the meeting at the end and it just 
it's a brain scramble. I still can't wrap my head around that idea. But oh, it's um, cool. <laughs> you sound like an awesome future, current, past club coach. Have you ever coached a club? I mentored it. I guess that's about about the same thing. We we um because they were they were struggling, and so yeah. So I'm the immediate past club retention chair to, for the last two years. Um, 2021, 21, 22 with District 31. And our club coaches coach clubs that have 12 or fewer members. Mm-hmm. And we help them become distinguished slash healthy. I like to use the word healthy. Yes. And um, I think the mentors, because I got to work with the whole CGD team this past year, which was pretty rad. Rad. That's a word. <laughs> sort of a word. It's a sort of word. It's a word. It's a dictionary. What I mentors help the clubs that are just starting out. Okay. Yeah. So I was a coach then, I guess. Um, okay. What I used to get to my, one of my things to get my DTM. Right. So. so just help them get their footing. All the officers are probably new because pretty much. No, this was this was a, a club that that was struggling with number of members. And, okay, uh, so it was a club coach role that you did. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I, I co-coached yes. with another with the guy who I said was a great, amazing negotiator, <laughs> Eric. Yes. So you were a club coach. So I presume the club became a successful club. They're still going, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's I had awesome. to get up. They met at six thirty in the morning so and on they were about 45 minutes from me so I had at that time there was no COVID so I was yeah. I was driving up there um every Tuesday morning I think yeah well I think all those ideas that you were just telling us about the challenges about keeping clubs alive is something to absolutely bring to those clubs that are being coached or are eligible to be coached because all coaches that are eligible not all clubs that are eligible to be coached want to be coached or maybe they just need some tools some creativeness someone to kind of help them out for a little while maybe not for the whole coach term but like come in and help out for a few weeks just to get them back on footing or whatnot and have a strategic meeting and help them figure out what to execute and when (laughs) the thing I will not I will not keep going as club retention chair here and help (laughs) Coach I know. it's crazy you guys are pretty fabulous that bringing the guest speakers an evaluator someone who can help improve all of us as evaluators great tips by the way um murder mystery backwards <laughs> meeting there's all sorts of things that can be done everybody bring a guest and you introduce your guest and your guest can like say something they know about you like let them know about you and that could be a nice little table topics See, I just came up with this while we were talking. There you go, yeah. You got the juices flowing, girl. You got my juices flowing. Uh, well, that's why I like the officer training because you get all these people with all the juices flowing. And I think one of the officer trainings I went to, um, we were we we went into breakout rooms and um, we said, okay, you've got a paper clip. How many uses can you find for a paper clip? And I think our me i think our breakout room came up with i don't know 37 37 different things to use with a paper clip and they're like okay if all you people brainstorming can come up with all these ideas surely you can take all that you know brain power 
and figure out a way to help your club with membership or whatever. I can't remember which one I was attending at that point, but um, it just, yeah, the creative juices. And plus people are in competition, you know, when you put people in competition with a paperclip. <laughs> it's a paperclip. It's a paper. uses. Well, look at the guy that traded it up and traded it up and ended up with a house. I. Okay, enough said. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's talk about the paths that you've completed. What's the first path you did? Oh, gosh, effective coaching. <laughs> okay. That was the one where I uh, coached um, Mount Vernon club as part of it and then I also embarked upon the uh let's see doing the quick step guide for um putting on an officer training however I did not know that it was going to be a nine-month project um a lot of these pathways the the thing I struggle with in pathways is you don't know how long each thing is going to take because you're just like, oh, I'll sign up to do a speech. Oh, well, you need to do all these things to do that. So that's a, I created a, a template, a spreadsheet, me and my spreadsheets of how many, you know, icebreaker, this, that, research, presenting, evaluating, all that. I have it all in a spreadsheet for each pathway and how many minutes it is and um, all that. But yeah, effective coaching, one of the projects, the high-performance leadership, Level five was nine months to do. So, and then I did dynamic leadership. And then I did engaging humor because that's one I struggle with. And now I'm on presentation mastery. And so, but it was cool. I didn't even know I earned a triple crown um, because I did not realize that if you do three levels in a pathway in like, you know, six months or whatever, you get a triple crown. I'm like, how cool is that? From Toastmasters International? Toastmasters, you get the little triple crown badge. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, you know, Our district has something a little different, and we did have triple crowns, but now they did something different the last year or so. And um, I don't really pay attention with, to what Toastmasters International does, but I think I completed three different levels in six months. Right. So I got to look into that because I may have earned that, but it, Hasn't arrived in my mailbox. <laughs> no, yeah, I think yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you have to apply or somebody just told me. And then the other one, I didn't know like um, like all the badges. So that's what we do now when somebody completes gets the level five on a on a pathway. Our treasurer orders the bat the actual badge, the pathway badge, and so they can show off their little you know dynamic leadership or motivational one or and then there's even a box I guess there's an official box that you can put all your badges in I'm not going up I know some people who are going to want that box yeah <laughs> well because people like to be like when you got a ribbon you were recognized when you get them the pathway and so what we do we haven't been able to present the badges in person but I do a powerpoint and every month I recognize whoever's achieved a level in their pathway you know, so it could be three or four people. And yeah, I just have a little PowerPoint comes up with people's names and what they earned. And, you know, and I also on that PowerPoint is the DCP plan of where we're at. And my goal was to achieve one at one point every month 
because I figure you got 12 months and there's 10 points. And so you just stick with that goal <laughs> and it worked. Well, you did a fantastic job then since you uh, hit your DCP. Oh, trust me, it was uh, it was a challenge for sure. I haven't I haven't worked. Fortunately, because I'm not really working, I had the time to. I could not have done, you know, all the roles I was doing. Like our our uh, our VP Ed um, had his wife pass away. Another guy was working in England and stuff like that. We had another person that was yeah. So it was just like you might as well have been doing, doing four officer roles. So. It's, oh my. Yeah, but it was cool. That's awesome. So is there anything else in particular, Toastmasters related or otherwise, that you want to chat about? I just really highly encourage people to what I didn't know when I started looking at zooming in on clubs, you know, just go to the website and um I didn't realize so many clubs spoke English around the world. Really? I mean, I had no idea I could, you know, join a club in India and Johannesburg and Peru. And yeah, they'd be speaking English. So yeah, I was like blown away by that. And some clubs, they have one week in Spanish, another week in English, and it helps them improve their English. Um, and the one I did in Kathmandu was pretty cool because they played the, they did the little song you know and then you just did like a little and you really felt like you were in Kathmandu you know doing the whole Buddhist thing or something I don't know it was cool that's pretty neat to actually feel like you're there in the culture even though you're mm -hmm. on yeah like well, that. That, when you've got the Irish accent when you go like you know over to UK and and they they break into song or something like that and you're like oh my god thank your lucky stars or your lucky charms or whatever they are <laughs> But no, yeah. If you can't travel, this is the cheap way to travel. Absolutely. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. One lady she visited. Well, when I, I communicated with her, she'd already visited 50 clubs around the world. And this was back in 2020. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> is that like one a week or was she doing a couple in a week sometimes? I think she was because she was, you know, a lot of people were either laid up, you know, or whatever. and. Uh, she wrote actually she wrote a, an article in for Toastmasters and it was yeah it was in a Toastmaster magazine back in 2020 so yeah I'm sure I read it <laughs> yeah Antonia and Antonia Harrison yeah I read each magazine whether I'm you know within a month or two or like still in 2021 right now is it this yeah. recording yeah I say them to my iPad but then you know then I used to fly a lot so I would you know read them then but yeah now I'm just too busy kayaking or doing whatever else I can do well good that's what you should be doing enjoying life yeah well it's been really fun interviewing you today and chatting with you do you have any party words for the listeners oh gosh I just want to say thank you to you for doing this you did an amazing job and it was fun and you made it comfortable because I was like oh my god <laughs> but I'm, I'm usually better if you know people are asking you know questions back and forth that's my I like doing that so but yeah just speaking the <laughs> but thank everybody for listening <laughs> and thank you for uh trusting me and uh 
yeah. joining me today. I appreciate oh, it. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll send you, I think I'll send you that backward meeting agenda for fun and uh, a couple other things. And yeah, you'll have awesome. fun. I'll send you that template, the pathway template. Excellent. That sounds definitely like something that would be extremely helpful for many people. Yeah. Myself included, but many people. Yeah, I just do a blank one and then I send it to each member and I'll say, okay, here's where you've got so far. Um, because I realized a lot of people had no clue where they were. And I didn't realize on free toast host until I was president this time that you can actually run a report on each member um, for what speeches they've done, for whatever roles they've done for years and years and years. Um, so that was kind of interesting to know. And um also, oh, and then I didn't know how to operate on pathways on the base base camp manager. I had no clue how to go and find the reports for each member. So that got me into doing that too. And then I could fill out their template and then I'm like, okay, I filled it out as much as I can. It's up to you to keep track of it now. I don't know if they have or not, but. Well, it's definitely helpful, and um, I didn't realize it was such quite a template where you actually went and filled stuff in for people. So I definitely want to see that now because yeah. I have a tracker <laughs> to the T. So that would be awesome. Uh, well, I'll get Again. that off to you. And have fun in Massachusetts in Braintree. If I ever get that way, I will go see what's what is famous besides two presidents. Awesome. Well, thank you again. All right. Take care, Angela. You too.